Hello and welcome back to Relationships Are Underrated. I am your host, Trip Kramer, and alongside me, Jonathan Asley. <laughs> Why do I say that man. like I'm saying it for you? <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm good, thank you. How about yourself? Doing fantastic. Like I said, I feel energized. Yeah. I feel ready I to you do dive something. in. What do I do? When you do the opening, you say, welcome back. When I do this opening, I go, hello and welcome. <laughs> what do I do? I don't know what I do. You said, welcome back. That's oh, the welcome second back. time you Oh, yeah. Well, welcome back because people are yeah. probably, I'd hope, are, are still listening. Do you think I we think, have followers yet? <laughs> I think so. This podcast is fucking awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's awesome I don't just know. to I have a great, I have a great time doing it. And honestly... I think that's one of the most important things. Well, I have a great time sharing for others. <laughs> okay. God, that sounds really corny. <laughs> it does. Well, that's who you are. What are we talking about today, John Athan? I, I think we're talking about um, having the hard conversations in a relationship, bringing up those touchy subjects, that sort of thing. Have you ever had a woman say to you, we need to talk? Uh, I don't have enough fingers to count that high. <laughs> really? I don't know if I've ever had those literal words. Well, I'm trying to think. Well, I remember once my boss said we need to talk. And boy, I mean, that that triggered every fear response I ever had, because it reminds me of childhood when your parents say we need to talk or, you know, just that. Or it's just the tone or that kind of like... You know, it's like you have no idea, but you're fearful that it's like you did something wrong. Like if you ever want to mess with your partner. Oh, God. Yeah, that that's <laughs> what you do. No, a text message with an exclamation point. We need to talk exclamation. Point. I saw the funniest. I saw the funniest meme. It yeah. said, if anyone, if your partner sends you, we need to talk, respond back to them and say, yeah, we do. <laughs> so it said yes like, we do exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point no not the exclamation points period the period's way more Ooh. intense imagine so? getting a text imagine you're in a relationship okay you look at down your text messages cynthia i'm just making up a name text <laughs> messages you and you see we need to talk period Ooh. Oh. Actually, the word period. No, d <laughs> dude, if you, you if you use an exclamation, I would be like, oh, everything's fine. You know, we need to talk like, oh, something exciting happened. Oh, no, no, no. Those words just put fear down my spine. Okay. Shivers down my spine, I mean. I know. I don't um, And ever... by the way, now, it hasn't happened dozens of times, but there's certainly been a number of times in previous relationships where there was either we need to talk or some sort of kind of like you knew that a hard conversation was about to be had. Yes. I mean, I've definitely had a woman say to me like something along those lines, not yeah. the literal we need to talk. But yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those moments where you have a little tickle in your stomach <laughs> and you go, whoa, what's this about? Can you imagine you, you, you text back and you say, okay, sounds good. Is everything okay? And then they text back and say, well, let's just talk when you get home. 
(laughs) Why are you such an expert at these uh, text messages or this conversation? I don't know. I don't know. Just playing it all out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's face it. uh, Relationships are, you know, for the... For those that have the fantasy that relationships just work harmoniously and perfectly and love is just going to solve all the problems. I'm here to say from my experience, witnessing thousands of couples in relationship, well, it feels like thousands anyway, there's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be conflicts. In fact, John Gottman, you know, of the Gottman Institute says one of the fundamental skills to a successful relationship is the ability to resolve conflict with, I'll say, relative ease. And what I mean by ease, where ideally you have both people actively listening to the other person when they're sharing, and they're, they're accepting that person's, what they're sharing is true for them. Because I'm sure you've heard, you know, the term gaslighting, where you would take in what someone says and turn it around it against them and make them believe that they're incorrect in everything they've said. I, have I told you about the unnamed ex of mine who I didn't realize till years later that she was gaslighting me? The unnamed ex? <laughs> well, I guess they're all unnamed, but uh, we'll, we'll just say the one I was engaged to. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I wouldn't have. Oh, and I know why that happened. You know I mean, why? Do you know why she gaslighted me? No, I now can make it make sense that she would have because in that particular relationship, you gave your power away. I gave my power away. What does that mean? So, well, okay, I I talk about this frequently, but to some degree in that particular relationship, in the early, not, not at the very beginning, but at some point, you were a little bit codependent to her. And when we're codependent, we make our our experience dependent upon how they feel about us. I, okay. I know you may not I, see that. I don't but know if I, I, I I'll I be honest, it. I'm not trying to get defensive. Okay. I, but I don't see that. I, I don't see that in the past relationship, the one that we're talking about. So, so what I said was listen to take what I say in as truth and make, no, say that I know it's true for Jonathan that he saw it that way, because that's what I'm really illustrating here is, is that, I did feel in that particular relationship, well, it was kind of a one-up, one-down relationship for you. Because she, I mean, if we're going to get into this now, and I didn't mean to- We're in it, baby, let's go. Here we are. She was the heavier, she was the major breadwinner in the relationship. She was helping you with your business. There was a bit of dependency to her in those early stages. Yeah, okay. I'll, yeah, I'll say yes to that. Let me just say that's She was around- She was around when I first started TripAdvice, and she was a a big support on many levels. And at some level, you were dependent upon that. Now, let's come back to the gaslighting. I could see that, knowing her personality, I could see where you probably experienced some of that. She was a little manipulative at times. Yeah. And so what would happen was I'd go... So this only happened maybe two or three times because we really didn't fight. We had a pretty even-keel relationship. And... The few times I did bring up something, which I just don't remember. I wish I did. Whatever. You know, you go to your partner. We did the we need to talk situation, right? Like I told her something I was upset by, maybe something she did. Again, I don't remember. But what I do remember is two or three times 
whenever I was upset about something with her, yeah, and I brought it to her attention, yeah. every single time, I ended up apologizing <laughs> by the by the end of the conversation. I first off, I personally can relate to that. And I I'm trying not to play victim here. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I can relate but that, to that. That it just and what would happen is I'd be so aware of it. I'd walk out of the room. Yeah. It's so funny. Like I see this like as it's a movie. I would walk out of the room and go, "What the hell just happened?" <laughs> you know, like what? Like what just, you're like, and I was the one that was in the wrong, right? You, that's what you're feeling. Like, Wait a minute. The way she regurgitated back to me, I'm like, I'm the one who's wrong. I'm sh- the one who should be guilty. I'm the somehow, one who should be yeah. ashamed. Yeah, somehow <laughs> I was the one who was wrong. Yeah. Even though I'm the one who brought it up. And then later yeah. on, I fi- I was finding out that I, I believe it was a form of gaslighting, yeah. making me feel wrong, even though it was something that I was bringing to her where she was wrong. So I never got an apology. Very defensive. Very defensive. Yeah. I had a friend of mine who was in relationship with a therapist and almost the exact same thing. He'd share some frustration or disappointment in the relationship. And because this therapist had the the tools and the words and the skill set. I mean, really, I mean, like, at, I mean, we're talking about high level therapy kind of stuff. And she had that ability. He would tell me these, like, we talked about this after the relationship ended when he was really processing it because he didn't notice it. Every single time he brought something up, she had a way of making it out to be that he was the one wrong and he felt guilty and ashamed and and it was like, where did that, it was like a whiplash. Like, how did that just happen? Kind of. Yeah. Thing? I'm the one that felt wronged. <laughs> yeah. And, okay. So um, th- this is a good segue here into this is. Yeah. I'm trying. Okay. So having these hard conversations. Yeah. These times where, listen, I get it, by the way, we all get defensive, right? So someone, your partner brings up something to you where you did something wrong I would say almost nine times out of 10, you immediately get defensive, at least in your brain too. You're like, you know, we don't want to ever think we did something wrong. It's probably very rare that we think right off the bat, shit, they're right, you know? So we have these moments where we get defensive. I think it's so important. And by the way, this is so hard and it's something that needs to be worked on. It's something you need to be conscious of. It's something that you're going to fuck up on and you're going to have to practice this as the times happen in your relationship of sitting there and going, okay, let me just listen to this person and let me yeah. completely empathize with what they're feeling. They might be right. They might be wrong. Whatever it may be, try not to judge it. Just hear what they're saying. Even if it sounds ridiculous to you, hear what they're saying. I'm saying this right now to you, Jonathan, because I yeah. wish that my past partner who we were talking about would have done that. And she didn't do that at all mm. of a, just a, hey, OK, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. So this is and then at least repeating to me. So you're saying this is how you feel. So you're saying this is what you're you're experiencing right well, it's now acknowledging the other person what yes. they shared yes. and even coming at it from an empathetic place of how they shared and, and yet this is a skill set you know trip that i don't believe too many people i'm not even good at this i'm i tend to react quickly when i feel like i've been wronged and i'm sure it's because of the million times my mom told me all the time how i was wrong and believe me interesting enough my my mom 
not only would take ownership for anything, but again, as a child, she would make us, me and my brother out to be wrong for everything that happened. Really? And I mean, in her life, you know, not my life, but in her life, it, it was always our fault. So for me to actually be able to listen with empathy takes, I mean, literally, I, it's probably best I put duct tape over my mouth and probably cuff my hands. So I'm literally in a position where I can't react um, and it's something I have to practice. And so what I, I, I once did a podcast several year, years back where I talked about when you start a conversation, start with something positive about the person. So you're not going, you're not going, we need to talk. Okay, you did this, 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 and this, right? You start with something positive. Like a, you, know, you could simply say, you know, I'm really appreciative of our relationship and, and how you've supported me throughout our relationship. You know, start with a piece of gratitude towards the person. It takes a little, I, I believe it takes a little bit of the edge off when you share and then share the meat of what you have to share and then reinforce it with another positive or gratitude. So in that, and if you can, you know, if they, you have the, if they give you the moment to end with a piece of gratitude, it probably take just even a second, might allow that person a second pause. And that's, that's, that's where rationality may intersect, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of emotionality. Yeah, and then the person on the other end, the person bringing the the we need to talk speech, that person coming from a place. No, that's the person that starts that. No, right. When the person who's doing the talking starts with a bit of gratitude, gives the meat, and ends with a bit of yes. Gratitude. Sorry, I mean in oh. in addition to that. Okay. What, what I'm trying to say. Sorry uh, to piggyback off of what you're saying. <laughs> in ad, in addition to that, that person with the you and the I statements, right? Coming in without attacking, because when you attack, the person's going to get defensive. They're naturally going to get defensive when you come in in attack mode. So I think that the way you're saying it is going to be very helpful for that. Oh, I as as well as making sure you're not saying you did this, you did this, trying to say, hey, I felt. It's funny because it's hard to do that. There's got to be a you somewhere in there where you say, you know, I felt. Instead of saying, I felt for example, this way when this, no, here's how you do it. I felt this way when this happened. Well, I know, but when the, this happened might be you. I felt exactly. hurt when you did you this. You didn't return the phone call when you said you would. Right. Instead of saying you hurt me. Okay. So again, there yeah. has to, there has to be a you in there. It just, you're not blaming them for you. You know, you hurt me the other day. Hey, I really well, felt hurt when you didn't pick up my phone call the other day. Well, to say you hurt some, or so when you say to someone, you hurt me, I mean, literal versus I felt hurt. It's easier to talk about someone's, well, maybe I, it's easier to talk about someone's feelings, how they were feeling about something that happened versus the belief that the person did something to make that happen. A great book that I encourage everyone to read is a book I talk about frequently is nonviolent communication by Marshall Rosenberg. And it should have been titled compassionate communication in this book. It literally outlines so many different examples of how to approach things from the I statement and, and really, and, and this is a really critical piece in effective 
the C word, communication, is learning how to come from your perspective and not the perspective of attacking someone else. And it's it's challenging because even the, okay, so that we talked about we need to talk. Maybe it should have just been I need to talk, right? I, I need to talk. Because the minute you make it we, now you've imposed it upon someone else. You're saying, you have to do what I want you to do instead of I need to talk. That's great, dude. I'm duding you a lot this uh, <laughs> this episode. Well, and I was listening. Oh, go ahead. I'm just, that was fantastic. You're you're yeah. spot on with that. I agree with you. Is instead of we need to, to me. it's very aggressive. We need to talk. We yeah. we need to talk versus I need to talk. Hey, I need to talk. I need to talk with you about something. Of course, it's still going to be intense for the for the receiver. But at least it's going to be a little less, yeah, aggressive. That's the best word I can yeah. I can say here. So I did a short video on how to basically how to get a guy's attention, and you start with, "I need your help." I need your and, help with something. Okay, I need your help with something, and then you say you then lead with, "I." I need to then tell you something. So you start with help because at least with men's brains and tell me if you don't feel the same way. I know I feel this way. We men kind of naturally when a woman is sharing with us something going on and and they might just wanting to be venting about something. And when we hear them venting, we immediately try to fix it. We're natural fixers when there's a problem. I should say, not all men, most men are natural fixers when there's a problem. So when you start with, I need your help. He allows him to solve a problem. And the help is you're being a jackass and I need you to fix this. <laughs> what about on the other end? What would you say to a woman? Um, if, the, if the guy wants to talk to his girlfriend or wife, uh, instead of saying, I, I think you could use the same thing. Well, I'm, I'm, well, our women imagine is natural. I'm, well, let me ask you a question. Coming back to the idea when someone's, well, in particular, and this is not, unless I don't mean to criticize women or anything like that. It's more like, they're not criticized, but stereotype, excuse me. We've all seen the video, the nail in the head. Have you seen the video, the nail in the head? Yeah, I know. Okay. I know where, what you're talking about. Explain it to the this, audience. This uh, woman or couple where the woman is sharing a problem and he's just trying to fix it. And, uh, and she, he's like, you're, she's going, you're not listening to me because she didn't want him to fix it. She just wanted him to hear it. I wonder if it's true the other way around. I think that's what you're asking. Do women, when a man's sharing a problem, do women inherently want to fix it? Or do they just listen? Well, I'm imagining little gossip circles that women have in their, their friend groups. And they, tell, they, ask, they ask their friends for advice. Hey, I need help with something. Yeah. I need to tell you about something. And they're, and they're always like, yeah, let's go. Talk to me. Let's do this. So I feel like you well, could say that to a woman. So, for example, I could say that to Megan, my partner. Yeah. I could say, I need your help. I need your help with something. It's not always appropriate, though, because that, mind, that we're might talking about br bring up a hard conversation with them. So and it usually is about them. So I wonder how I need, that I need your help with something. Why are you such a crazy piece of work? <laughs> yeah, no, it might not always be appropriate to say that line as a start. But I think in some cases it definitely could be.
Sure, because what it does is trigger, uh, it could trigger active listening. It could it trigger, you know, the desire that, listen, we I want to work through a problem between us and I'd like your help in working through this problem. And if you come from the place of, I felt this way when this happened, and you're asking, look, I'd like your help in solving this in the relationship. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I need your it, help. It invites them, it invites the person to be empowered because that's really when you're when you're having a, a difficult conversation the the goal is not to get defensive the goal is to come up with a solution and who better than to figure out the solution than you and your partner together that's the point yes, yes. Yeah. so yeah, yeah so that does work hey i need your help with something it could even be i'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head hey i need your help with something you know the other day I felt this when you did this, and I'm just going to be honest with you. This is a tough conversation to have, so I need your help in working this out with me and just to figure out how we can feel better about this situation or I can feel better about this situation. It's very generic, but that's so. That's an example. I'll, I'll give you a specific example. When I was in relationship with someone and she'd come to my place, she was habitually much later than she promised to be. You know, and I'm one of those. I'm a uh, I'm a anally retentive about time. I'm I'm a partial person. Never oh my that. gosh! For my coaching sessions, like literally, if I have a coaching session at 2 p.m., I'm looking at my phone at 1:58, and I'm literally counting the seconds so I can hit the button right when it hits 2 p.m. I'm very punctual, and all my cl- like if I had a client call me because I was one minute late. She goes, I'm so used to being on time. I just want to make sure everything was okay. Because I'm literally, when you see the clock click. So anyway, she was habitually late. And I, I said, look, I, I really would like your help with something because I feel disrespected when you make a commitment to come at three o'clock so we can spend the weekend together or four o'clock or whatever it was. And you show up, you know, an hour and a half later and I've prepared myself and I'd like some help in solving this problem. So I'm, I'm, I didn't make it about her. I just said, this is a problem for me and I'd like your help in solving it. And unfortunately that one never did get fixed, but, (laughs) (laughs) and it's not because I'm actual punctual, but when I, when I have someone come over, I'm like, look, I spend time preparing and then I'm, I feel like I'm stuck waiting. And if I, you know, I'd much rather at least give me a heads up. That's the other piece, too. Um, but anyway, I'm not with that person anymore. And not yeah. because of that reason. <laughs> I was looking, I was doing my Google research that I do for That's these your episodes. job to do that. I'm the tech guy in this in this podcast. And so I typed into Google examples of difficult conversations in relationships just to see. Oh, good. And it was just interesting that everything that comes up is all about the topics of conversation that are tough to talk about that John Gottman talks about in his book, eight dates. It's all, it's all, okay. it's all revolved around that money. So it's about money, sex, sex commitment, the future. Commitment. Oh, There's unmet. Where is this relationship? <laughs> Where is this relationship going? Relationship going. <laughs> That's the future. Yeah. Uh, how, yeah. How do you define your relationship? Betrayals of trust. What do you want for the future? <laughs> oh. 
Who do you think brings you know, up? In my in the- practice, I would say, where is this relationship going? Is like the one, it's like the dangling participle for the women I work with. It's like the one where they don't know the answer. And I'm like, why are you giving the job to the man, you know, for that answer? You should, this should be a two lane street. Who do you think brings that up more in relationships, men or women? Well, I would, I mean, I speculate women bring that up more or, well, I suspect they're thinking about it more. I'll say why, that. Why I think do you it's think on the top is? of their mind. I think because from caveman day, if we go back to Neanderthals 200,000 years ago and up until about the 1950s, to some degree, women were predominantly dependent upon men for basic survival needs. I mean, really, we've we've only entered in a new age where women are more empowered than ever before because they now have their ability to make their own money to support themselves. And I'll be candid, because of birth control, they don't have to necessarily, you know, be as choosy as to who they mate with. Right, for sure. However, you still get pregnant. Or have preg- sex with, I should say, when I say mate, okay? I don't you mean still get pregnant, babies though. with. You still get pregnant. Well, the woman still gets pregnant and does need help. Sure, we need it. Well, ideally, it's it's not just your partner you need help with. Sadly, at least here in the United States, we no longer live in, in a village environment where you had the support of your tribe to be part of the child rearing experience. So and, you, you need even more help. So it's fun. It's just interesting yeah. to think about is that as primal as it is, even though more women now are in the workplace and they're making more money than they ever have in, in the history of time, they still get pregnant and they still need help. They still are going to need a guy around. Yeah, they could have their friends and they can have their family, but what's the most convenient person to be there for them when they're when they're going through childbirth and having and, and pregnancy their partner well, it's funny the well, guy I, I, I gotta jump on you for a second you said convenient <laughs> i mean i'd like to think it's it's a it's a desired responsibility to want to be part of that child's life you know as opposed to a convenience and I, well, I'm, I'm just thinking of this on a logistical yeah. perspective oh gosh yes oh what's on the a, best on a thing yeah. is for a guy yeah, who's course. their partner yeah. to be there not yeah calling their friends to get them to help and, and all these things. But, but yeah, we're, we're in a little bit of so, a tangent, but, so but what you said there is you're just the king ahead. of interrupting me today. You won't let me get a word out. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Jonathan, we need Jonathan. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. I need to talk to you. <laughs> can we talk? Yes, we can talk. Okay. I feel, I feel that, oh look <laughs> I feel that during this episode I no hold on I'm trying to, how do I do this I feel frustrated that I'm trying to say things and hold on no wait I, I gotta go I gotta take it back a little bit and talk about the gratitude that was your <laughs> advice. Jonathan, I don't want to let you know, I have so much fun doing these podcasts with you. It is one of the, it is the double highlight of my week. <laughs> He's cracking up, folks. It is the double highlight of my week, and I just really appreciate that we get to do these. And I feel frustrated when you interrupt me during this episode. However, 
I'm also grateful that you are so passionate about this topic, and I love you so much. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing how you felt, Trip. I really appreciate that, and I can see how I do on occasion through my excitement of this podcast, because I too am equally as grateful to be in this pod or do this podcast with you, that my enthusiasm gets the better of me. And I, I want to first off recognize that I did cut you off. And, and I'll be candid with you. I feel a little bad. I feel a little remorse. And I will endeavor to endeavor to be more mindful in the future as to not cut you off. And I'm really appreciative that you brought it to my attention. Ladies and gentlemen, that's how it's done. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but I practice something that I learned about when you give an apology. What's that? Is that so first is to recognize that you had, for lack of a better word, an infraction, if you will. Uh, I'm, I, I don't know why I chose the word infraction to illustrate our little uh, example here, um, but it felt like a little infraction. And so first to recognize it and take ownership of it, which I believe I did. And then second, I had a bit of remorse for it. You know, I, I felt a little sad for myself, you know, because I was out of integrity or out of in, in with respects to our, our joint venture here. And I ended with a remedy. Because one of my favorite quotes is, a true apology is changed behavior, is changed behavior. So it's not just saying, oh, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. It's saying, it's honor, it, recognizing it, you know, having a feel, feeling a little remorse. And then, in, now I endeavor to live up to that. And I can promise you <laughs> that I will interrupt you <laughs> in the future because, and I, because just like my girlfriend wasn't on time, I also let it slide after a while. <laughs> hey, I mean, th there's something to that, by the way. Acknowledgement that, hey, it may happen again, but I'm going to do my yeah. best because I'm hearing what you're saying to me. Yeah. Right? So hey, I, I just want to let you yeah. know that I might be late in the future again because we have a lot of time together on this earth, but... I will do my absolute best to be as punctual as I can. Yeah. In all honesty, I'm, I'm not that. I'm not mad. I said I'm not no, mad. I I'm not mad. Um, well, do I? Well, let me ask you this. So, so okay. So we're going to have an honest conversation here. Do you feel like I interrupt you? I feel like in this episode, we're very passionate about this topic. And we have a lot to say. And, uh, and we're just talking over each other a lot. So that was really it. Okay. Okay. That was really um, it. So, because, yeah, and I, and I really want, and this is when I think, well, let me be candid here. And this is a great illustration for our, our listeners is that when someone brings something to my attention, I, I really do, I do my best to say, is there, does that feel like it's true? And, and in this particular case, I didn't even have to give it a second thought because we are talking over. To some degree, I think that's the element of this kind of format of a, a podcast. Sometimes there's going to be that passion uh, and we both want to share at the same time. So I feel like that happens. I probably do it a little bit more than you. And I really do want to be more mindful of that. I will be candid and say, 
I'll probably forget this when we talk about it, when we have, when we record our next episode and I'm asking myself, well, how can I, like, should I put a note in front of me? Like, so when we're, when we're recording, I have it like right in front of me. Remember not to, you know, interrupt trip. There's another issue too. I'm asking this for myself. Yeah. There's another issue too. And we should get back on topic here soon, but yeah we are going to inevitably always be kind of interrupting each other because we do this virtually and there's going to be a little bit of a time delay. So we don't necessarily hear the other person start talking and then we start talking and all that stuff. So, Oh, I didn't think of there was a time delay. Yeah. Like oh. by a couple seconds. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. So the hard conversations we were talking about, who do we think brings up that topic of conversation more so we're going over other no the where's the relationship going you met that one right that's that's a that could be a whole episode on itself but we can tackle that for a second that's a hard conversation to have that's a hey we need to talk that's a hey we need to talk topic well and here because i coach women i i feel like i'm a little bit more on the women's side on this one and again, I've observed, as I shared before, when I said giving the power, in other words, the oftentimes the leadership of the relationship tends to be the man. In other words, and I think probably traditionally speaking, it's because men do the asking of marriage and men in that asking in traditional ways was because there's going to be a commitment to support you financially. So he had to make sure that he wanted to do that. In today's relationships, for my age demographic, and keep in mind, I work with the over 40 crowd and you tend to work in the 2030 crowd. Not true. I, I know you worked with, well, I just about to say, I know you work with men who are older. Predominantly, most of the men are under 40 years old. And most of the people I work with are 40, 50, and 60. No, but it's not true, my friend. Oh, I, well, I'm I don't telling pick, you. I don't want to be nitpicky here. I coach with guys mostly in their 30s and 40s. I just said that, under 40. No, I also work with a lot of guys in their 40s. But anyway, besides the point, point, though. Well, in that the people that are in the I want to make a family age versus those that already have a family, that's what I'm talking about. And it's a whole different conversation about relationship because usually marriage isn't, on, or at least making babies with someone, isn't the forefront of being in a relationship with someone. Okay, so what's your point? Oh, I just said in, for my demographic, typically there's the end goal may not be marriage. It might just be a relationship. Right, but I think either way, whether we're talking 21 or 65, there's going to, I still think that conversation comes up pretty fre- frequently about where is this going where is this really where are we what are we well, doing there's more here? of a sense of urgency for someone who's going to have children with yes, someone true. versus someone who's I not see. i mean that's i a, see your point that's where yes. i'm going with this yes and, and so uh, and so that is going to be yeah uh, yeah obviously that's going to be more common in the 20s and 30s for sure because it's like hey my biological clock is ticking i'm looking for a family dude what are you doing are we making yeah. this happen are we gonna are we gonna be in a relationship? But you said something interesting. Yeah. You said something with siding with the women on this one. What did you mean by that? What are we siding on? So it? what's the I feel thank you for bringing that reminding me. I feel that oftentimes women are waiting for the man to declare the relationship. 
okay. to, to, to declare the relationship status. And I know you could, we could spout evolutionary biology and all those things. I like to look at a relationship as a co-creative effort, not a, you know, you, in other words, it's, it's absolutely okay, I believe, for women to express their feelings and what they want to a person rather than waiting for that. That's so, all. yeah, I think that's great. So for a woman, instead of putting it on the guy and saying, what are we doing here or what's going on, bringing up the conversation and saying, hey, this is what I want, or even asking them, do you want to be exclusive with me? Do you want, you know, I'm interested. You know what's interesting? I, I have a theory here, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm going to bring this up in my other podcast too. And I mean this in, in no disrespect to women at all. So this is not a criticism. This is just a observation. I think maybe that women have a harder time with being direct in that circumstance because they're not, they don't have much experience being direct in any of the other areas because they're waiting for the guy to lead, which again, this is normal. I teach guys to lead and ask, be the one to ask out, be the one to approach, be the one to get the number, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so I think that they don't have much experience with it. And I also, and because they don't have much experience with it, they also don't have a lot of experience with the rejection or at least as much as a guy does. Yes. And I believe I've heard Jordan Peterson talk about women tend to be more agreeable. So they, in that particular case, that's, they want to be agreeable because of the fear of rejection or that fear that you're not on the same page or or the even the impression that you're forcing it on someone else because that's what a lot of people say why are you bringing it up now you've only been dating three months i'm like you know i'm like and then don't don't scare the guy away and look at in my book I'm a, my book called what the heck is self-love anyway chapter one fantastic so, book. thank you Speak your truth, do it with kindness. So I'm a big proponent of speaking your truth. Chapter nine says, if it's sincere and from the heart, you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. So at least bringing it up as a conversation versus a demand. See, that's the difference. I'd like to get some clarity on where we're at in this relationship versus, you know, and that's, you can be as simple as that. Dot, 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 here's what I want. Exactly. Versus I expect you to do this. Where's this relationship going? I'm waiting for you to make a commitment, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden the person is going to feel defensive, most likely. And that might scare a person away because it came from a place of fear rather than from a place from the heart. And that's what I encourage my clientele to do. In fact, it's kind of funny. I just got in the mail today. I, I can't believe I haven't read this book, Why Men Love Bitches. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Uh, who wrote that? Uh, God, I can't see it. Uh, is that David? <laughs> is, it, is it David Buss? No. Is that David Buss? Sherry Argon or A-R-G-O-Y. Okay. Or V, excuse me. I don't um, understand that, by the way. I don't, I don't understand that title. Well, hear me out. What's the book Let about? Let me explain it. Okay, so I did a blog once called Why Men Love Bitches, and the bitch stands for, bitches stands for babe in total control of herself. 
So what the idea is, this book is about empowerment, is being empowered in your life, not to be a, the traditional sense of what someone thinks a bitch is. It's about being empowered and standing up for yourself. That's the premise of the book, not to be a doormat, to be empowered. But I have just, I haven't read it, so I'm... So it's saying that we, so... Oh, you haven't read it. Okay, so I guess we can't really have this conversation. My question I said I just was, got it in the mail. Right, yeah, no. I, <laughs> my question was going to be, so she's trying to say that men love women who are not pushovers? Doormats are pushovers, basically. Okay. Uh, and quite yeah. frankly, only the wrong man likes us. Well, okay, this is a judgment. Likes a subservient doormat pushover. I can guarantee you that guy is no picnic to be in relationship with. I do think a lot of men do like women who are more submissive, though. But I would say that I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that pushover and submissive necessarily have to be the same thing. Well, we're going to go down a road that I'd rather not on this podcast on that topic of submission, because I do believe in empowerment versus to submit. Um, and, and yeah, and it's I'm a lot. A of, it's a lot of terminology that can get yeah, mixed that can be up. really mis. Yeah. So we'll stay off of that one for, for a second, <laughs> for a second. OK, so let's come back to. The hard conversations. What do you think is a hard conversation a man? So we talked about a woman might be, where's the relationship going? What do you think the one thing, like the number one complaint men have in relationship? I think we both know. We can say it at the same time. (laughs) Three, two, one, sex. Sex. (laughs) That's probably, I would imagine, uh, it's either that or a woman who's nagging him a lot yeah, and being really aggressive. Those are probably the two biggest ones. Well, that to me, if that's the problem, if someone is a habitual nagger, I'm like, I have a four letter word for that next. (laughs) Yeah. But you might not know it. You might not know that until you're deep into a relationship. And that's what I hear happens is you're not with, a person who's nagging you all the time, but then that just ends up happening late into the relationship. And yeah. I don't know. It's the chicken and the egg. I don't know what, what came first. Is the woman a nagger? Was the guy someone who just gave up on the relationship? What's the real problem? Or maybe there's nagging because there's an underlying problem. It's it's hard to say. It depends on the situation. Well, there are, I, I would say there's certainly people that are addicted to drama and it doesn't matter what, after the short honeymoon phase, they need tension to create some level of novelty or excitement in the relationship. I would say that there are both Correct. men and women who do this. With that said, I would say more often than not, there is a deficiency in the relationship and the nagging is, is because a person, that's, they're acting out as a child in the relationship. They're not coming from their adult. They're coming from their little child going, mommy, mommy, I need help. I think we can say also, speaking of nagging, very on topic right now, nagging is the complete opposite of trying to have the mature we need to talk conversation. Exactly. So if some, that's why I'm, I, I, if I was in a relationship with someone who's habitually a nagger, I, I might just say done. I'm at a point in my life where well, I, just, I, I, would say, I don't want to change someone. Let's talk about this. 
I would say, what's what's going on? We can on? talk about the sex one though. <laughs> Let's talk about what's really happening here. That's yeah. I'm saying. If someone's nagging you all the time, it's it, there's clearly something else going on, and it needs to be discussed. And the we need to talk conversation or I need to talk conversation needs to happen. Sometimes in a relationship, the other person who is seeing that the partner is frustrated all the time or or has a short fuse or is nagging or is you feel like you're walking on eggshells with them, it might be good for you to be the one to bring up even though you're not the one having the problem with them. Is that clear? Yes, you're saying bring up the... Well, if you have a problem with your partner which causes you to be nagging your partner, then it's time to bring up the problem you have with the partner so you don't have to resort to nagging. Yes. You know, to, so that's not what I was saying, but you're, but that's still correct. That and the other person. So for example, let's say I'm the recipient of the nagging and I'm yeah. noticing my partner is nagging me all the time or has a short fuse or I'm walking around eggshells. So, so um, I see that there's an issue that they're having an issue with me, that they seem like they're very sensitive, it might be important for me to say, hey, we need to talk. Is something going on? <laughs> yeah, I need to talk. Very good. <laughs> I need to talk to you, but you're kind of encouraging them to talk to you because you're seeing that something's yeah. going on under the surface. So it's so important let's bring to be- back a- the sex one. Yeah, you just want to talk about sex. Okay, so for a guy to want to talk about sex, I mean, it's the same thing, right? There's the formula. Hey- Is that wrong? I need to talk. Is what wrong? No, I was like hyper-focusing on the sex. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's very important. And guys should be bringing it up with their partners. If they feel that they're getting rejected a lot, if they feel like the sex- has died down. This is a touchy subject of, I mean, of, I think this can be even the touchiest of all subjects. It can be, instead of saying, you keep rejecting me for sex, it can yeah. say, you can say, I feel rejected. Or I don't feel wanted. I don't feel wanted. Or, which and, is causing me to feel rejected. Yeah. And, and also I'm sure the, even the conversation about who initiates sex, because I know for a lot of men, at least I've spoken to, they would appreciate their partner initiate, you know, maybe not to the same degree that the man initiates, but certainly at some level of initiation. So, yeah. So it makes um, them feel wanted and, yeah. And uh, doesn't put all the pressure on the guy to be doing it all the time. So it's interesting. Yeah. Guys, fellas, I encourage you out there. If you're feeling like there is something going on in the relationship, either it's a lack of sex or it could be whatever it is, bring it up. Because I'll tell you what, and this is a good way to kind of wrap up the episode too. Yeah. And Jonathan, I think you're going to agree with me on this one. And I think this is what the whole, to me, what this whole episode is about. If you're not having the hard conversations and you're not saying, I need to talk, if you're not bringing it up, if you're avoiding it on any level, it's yeah. just going to come out anyways. Whether it's <laughs> now or a month from now or 10 years from now, it's going to come up. The C word. Um, I what's always what's, say what's that the C word? Oh, communication. Communication. <laughs> How could you forget the C word? Well, I don't know. I was saying come up and you're like the C word. Oh. And I was like, come up. <laughs> no. Come? No, community. So it's, you know, I, I wonder how many couples are delusional to the 
idea that love is just some sort of magic fairy dust that will solve the problems if you just don't talk about them. Like it's it's fascinating to me how humans avoid, you know, talking about the touchier things, this touchier subject, and and yet the relief when you get through it is builds a stronger relationship between two people so it's it's kind of like you know the how is a sword made well you temper it with fire you know and and then it becomes stronger and we weren't taught these things none of these things good good communication skills good conflict resolution skills i know i wasn't taught this when i was growing up or let me reframe it i wasn't modeled it, it was never modeled in my home my dad would yell and my mom would be submissive. She would go off and stonewall, you know, like that was what I grew up with. Yeah. Yeah. That I feel bad that you had to go through that too, that you were in that household. Oh gosh. We can go and we can dissect my, I mean, you, my upbringing, your upbringing too. No, and, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I'm good. This isn't a therapy session. Not for me oh. at least. But, so how did uh, we do today? I think we, we did fantastic. Of, yeah. We did. I think it was a, a good episode. We broached the topics of hard conversations and we and we gave a an example of a role play of what it looks like. You know, I, I want to share something with you. It's interesting because we when we originally started, we'd put some bullet points together. And what are we going to talk about? We had some bullet points. Now we just go, here's the title and let's just riff. And I feel like in our riffing, if you will, it's like we, we, we at least I'm observing that we're both, you know, we're really coming, our, our creativity, our, our channeling, our divinity is coming out. At least that's how it feels to me. I don't mean to sound, you know, sound pompous here in any way, but I, I love how this is encouraging me to be even more creative. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, listen, I, I think you should give yourself a little more credit because this is not your first podcast and you've done live shows before, even though this isn't live, but we don't edit this. I mean, we just go. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, it's uh, well, let's just say I'm very happy that you're you're feeling that way. Well, and, and let me just say this. Why I brought this up is because right before we began, I shared with Trip. I was listening to someone else's podcast. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy is so brilliant. And I felt so inferior. So. That's partially where that came from. Listen, again, the point of this podcast uh, is so we have a good time. And we hope that people love our little, just, I don't know, what's the word? Uh, personality, banter, banter personality oh, traits. Personality. That uh, we'll, we'll be talking to the right people. Yeah. And if you're the right person and you're here, we'd love five stars. You must like it. You're still here with us. So... <laughs> Give us a rating. Let me know. Let us know how you feel about it on iTunes. I keep saying iTunes. I'll never get rid of that. On Apple, Apple. Podcasts. On Apple Spotify. Podcasts, on Spotify. We love a rating. And thanks so much for joining us today. This is Trip Kramer signing off to you all. Fantastic episode. And this is Jonathan Asley signing off. Wishing you a super duper wonderful, fantastic day. Be well. <laughs>